Chuck Wick, hello, and we're good to go. Welcome to the show, Brian Harnish. <laughs> well, thank you very much for having me, Jason. It's a pleasure to be here. Brilliant. Yeah, we're going to be talking about SEO audits now and into the future. We talked about SEO audits a couple of weeks ago about Olga, and this is going to be more about agency level, making sure that you can process this, making sure that you've got a process you can scale uh, and stand out from the crowds with the SEO audit reports and also what the process is. We'll go all through that in a minute. Uh, we always start off with the brand set, which I absolutely love. And here we do. We have your knowledge panel, Brian Harnish, author, lovely knowledge panel. How delightful. Have you been working on getting that or... Um, was that potluck? Oh, yeah. They actually got the accurate picture this time. Fantastic. Brilliant. So you've been working on it. You're tracking it. <laughs> and that's a, a really, really nice kind of start. You can, you'll can you be able to claim it. I don't know if you've, you've claimed it yet or you're going to claim it. I haven't claimed it yet. And we're going to move on. We've lost Brian now. There's a slight pro connection problem. But I was looking at the images, which really struck me, is there are actually quite a lot of Brian Harnishes, and I hadn't realized. Yes. And in Google Images, we see with those filter pills the range of topics that it associates with your name, um, none of which, in fact, are SEO. Yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah, and I, I, I kind of think I was talking to um, Alessia Korobka, and she's she's really into the kind of the images and the and the image analysis of entities and so on and so forth. And uh, and the fact that it doesn't recognise you specifically might mean that you might want to do a, a, a wider image strategy or, or start thinking about the image strategy to get those entities yeah. from your images into Google. Definitely, I do need Brilliant. to more, I do need to post more images. So there you go. <laughs> so once again, from a brand set, we've got a, a really quick and simple insight into something that's missing in somebody's strategy. Uh, and my my quick guess off your brand set wasn't wrong. The image strategy needs a little bit of work. Anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about today. We're here to talk about SEO uh, audits. And let's start. Uh, what is your process? Or do you not have a process and you change it for every client? Really, it's um, it is something that does have to kind of change from client to client because an SEO audit isn't a templated approach, but there are certain things that can be done to ensure that you really work on scaling and efficiency, right? So, like for example, if you have an agency where you have several SEO auditors on staff you might have a process where you will lay out how to examine exactly why a site's ranking had dropped. So you would uh, probably want to have a process where first you call the site for technical errors. Then you examine Google Search Console, Google Analytics for specific keyword drops, things like that. And one thing I don't ever, don't always see in SEO audits from other people are is keyword targeting or keyword analysis, like getting granular in the keyword statistics because the, something can be very keyword, um, shall we say, keyword targeted, right? So things like if you if you have a, a specific drop in traffic, it could be because a particular keyword is not showing up for mm. certain, uh, featured snippets anymore, and it was doing that for several times for several months beforehand. But in addition, it could also be that the way people searching have, has actually changed. 
And, and so it's really having a feel for your audience and what they are doing at that particular moment in time. And that can really only be done through more granular analysis on a basis. No, hundred percent. There's also the the possibility that the SERP has changed. I had a client yeah, who exactly. who suddenly they 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 were ranking in lots of different veals uh, towns. Sorry for a for a specific keyword. Suddenly a map pack appeared and they were pushed right down the SERP and the click through rate dropped. Um, yep. And we didn't understand why until we figured out that Google had fundamentally changed the SERP. Exactly. And now, uh, just recently, uh, it's uh, coming out that uh, Google is reducing people also ask. Um, right. Okay. And so, if someone had been going after that as part of their specific strategy, and all of a sudden it dropped, maybe a reason why that dropped. Mm. Are you saying? Uh, sorry, I missed this piece of news because I haven't been paying attention. Has people also asked dropped in presence, dropped in uh, number? Yeah, or... they've. Uh, it's what happened is that uh, Dr. Uh, Marie Haynes had uh, posted this fairly recently, like yesterday, mm-hmm. I believe. She was talking about people also ask having a much lower presence in the SERPs all of a sudden. Right. Okay. Uh, which might or might not be temporary, but at, at least, yeah. and that is a problem, is a client comes to you and they says, oh, we've got a sudden immense drop, drop in, in, in impressions, Notab- notably in this particular case. We're yeah. really worried. We actually had a client who were ranking for the term login, and they ranked number nine, <laughs> and then all of a sudden they ranked number 12, and all of a sudden the number of impressions dropped because the, the searches for, for login are multi-million a month. And yeah. they freaked out. And I had to explain to them, it's actually just the word login, and it's useless. Yep. Oh, uh, Jason, the sponsor. Oh, the sponsors, yes. Thank you very much. Before we carry on this, the conversation, the sponsors, uh, join me every week on Caddy Cube Tuesdays. Um, I love this show because I get so much immense insights from so many wonderful people, including today, Brian. It's always produced in partnership with WordLift, who have an AI-powered SEO tool that does the heavy listing, lifting for you, excuse me. And today we have the headline sponsor, Ahrefs, absolutely wonderful tool, platform rather, with everything you need to rank higher and get more traffic. Thank you for that reminder, Brian. I did ask you before, if I forget, please remind me. Um, absolutely, always happy to help. Yeah, when we don't ha- have Anton, who isn't here today, I need the guests to help me run the show. So back to the... Um, the strategies and the processes for an SEO audit. We, we were talking about the idea of being able to scale it. You were saying each case is different. You need to work research granularly. How can you yeah. possibly build a process that scales? Yeah, I kind of uh, broached that a little bit earlier. So, like, for example, you could create a, pos- a process that doesn't necessarily focus on client-specific type SEO tasks, right? So a uh, real estate client would have something that is ex- extremely different than an e-commerce client. So you wouldn't necessarily always have, uh, like a real estate client has specific things that you would want to check, like the IDX uh, uh, plugins and stuff like that, that may not be working or functioning particularly well, um, things, things of that nature. Then you would have on an e-commerce side, it would be a little bit different maybe because uh, e-commerce is about selling products Right? What if they have all sorts of duplicate product description that everybody else is writing about? 
that kind of thing, you don't necessarily want to bake into your audit process because that's really getting a little too much in the weeds. So if you have, you have to get a little bit broader with that audit process. So sticking to things like perform a crawl to see exactly what's happening with the site. Then check uh, Google Search Console. Then check uh, Google Analytics for specific types yep. of keyword drops. Then check SEMrush for certain things like user intent changes with their user with their new user intent mm. tracking that they have right now. And there are other things as well. Some some clients may be pretty heavy on producing content, and with SEMrush. You can use the content topic analyzer in order to come up with more topic ideas that would be more fruitful for them versus some another client that may not be so content heavy. But with, with, with an SEO audit, though, I often find that clients immediately say, I want to create new content. I want to do something new. And it's the, the, the glory of the new that attracts them. Uh, do you not find that most of the time you're saying, well, first of all, let's do a spring clean? Yes, there's definitely some uh, spring cleaning that would be, I would say, conducive to some industries more so than others. For example, oh. news websites, while they may have uh, content that's two or three years old, you don't want to uh, delete that content. You don't want to prune that content, maybe archive it or something. Because if you delete that content and Google, even though that you're not, you may not be getting search traffic from it, that doesn't mean it's not valuable to increasing your overall authority. Now, if something doesn't match the overall topic uh, targeting that is going on on the site, then perhaps that's something that you might have to work with in order to figure out exactly, hey, maybe this is not something that is going to be exactly right. Maybe we need to get rid of it. But actually, Removing content based just on search traffic is a mistake. Right. You you should remove content if it isn't topically relevant. And yeah. that, that must come up a lot in these audits is sites that or companies that have created loads of content to try to hit all these sweet super keywords that are really sexy for them because there's lots of volume and they've yeah. gone off topic. And that's a massive problem. Yes, exactly. And and the thing, and, it, and it is a, a problem with uh, certain types of sites. So if you have an attorney site, for example, and you are going through and producing content on those particular uh, topic areas, and all of a sudden you have certain uh, content that target other topics that may not exactly be exactly in line with the topics on that site, that's something that you may want to get rid of. But in terms of, say, like a real estate for site, for example, um, the well, pet. If you have a pet article on a real estate site that's not exactly about um, pets inside the home or how it relates to having a home overall, then that's something that would need not necessarily you would want to get rid of, but maybe you want to tweak to be more in line with real estate. Right. Yeah, there needs to be that connection. And, and answers the question we just saw on screen. Yes, this is live. Uh, so any questions you have, you can pop them yes, in the yes, this um, is live. The, in the chat, um, Anton's actually now turned up, so we now have the support. He turned up just to like to remind me to talk about the sponsors, Wordlift and Ahrefs. But thanks to Anton, they get a second mention halfway through the show. Um, and yeah, from, from the perspective of, of kind of pruning, you're saying rather than prune, let's adapt. Let's move the content closer to our core topic. Um, 
because pruning is quite quite uh, quite a quite a uh, what's the word uh, a drastic approach it's something yeah. we used to do quite commonly but today with authority and expertise as long as it's on topic it's still valuable even though it doesn't bring in traffic which is jo what john Mueller talks about and also yep. you, you're talking about dr marie haynes same thing yep exactly and that that why just blindly going after any kind of content just because it doesn't have the it doesn't have any traffic is a mistake simply because it adds, especially if it adds to the overall quality of the site and mm -hmm. adds to its authority it adds to its trustworthiness and expertise, then I was, then you want to keep it. Otherwise, if it's total junk content, it can go away. Right. Yeah. We were talking about topical authority with George us a few weeks ago. So even that trafficless content brings topical authority if it's on, on 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 the on the nose in terms of what you're actually doing for your audience the offers you have for them and, and i'm interested now you started talking about eat which isn't directly in the audit but do you during your audits now look at the idea of eat and audit that or not in general i'm i like to take a glance at the current entity landscape just to see exactly what they're ranking for now, just to see exactly what my overall goal is to see what the actual site is ranking for right now and what is currently bringing in traffic. If they're not ranking for anything that's that, that would be considered an entity, that would be a weakness that would need to be addressed. All oh, right. Okay, that's an interesting um, idea and approach. Sure. And yeah, if, yeah, and, and um, I know that um, that like it's when it comes to look, specifically looking at what's actually bringing it, bringing in the actual traffic. I do like to go into SEM Rush just to see the overall what is ha actually happening in that case, because it could be the client had never even considered entities or anything. Like I went across mm. clients that would say, if it's a recipe site, for example, it would be like how to, how to bake uh, certain types of chicken, for example, that the ranking number one for that's bringing in 5,000 searches a month or something mm. like that. So it uh, really depends if something like that might be considered an entity in the term and in, in uh, when it comes to recipes, but not to other types of sites. Right. So you got to be careful about the type of site. Um, yeah. And from, from, from your perspective, are you, are you going to prioritize the volume of traffic they're likely to get, or are you going to prioritize the topicality for the long term? It really depends on what the site is at right now. If it's already mm -hmm. covering a lot of the topics, then what I might end up doing is seeing, because with it, very few sites are covering everything, mm -hmm. right? So it's always a good idea to really to take that big picture approach, see everything that they're ranking for now, take a look and see what, SEM Rush comes up with in their content topics section of their tool and see where the weaknesses are. You also want to do a content gap analysis to see what other competitors are doing versus your site so that you can figure out exactly what is needed to really close that content gap between those co competitors. Right. Okay. And, and you were saying kind of from your perspective for the scaling, you've got these templates 
it, it, what are the tricks to actually make the templates handoffable to somebody else within an agency? That is, there, there are, yeah. So I talked about the broader approach before, right? Mm -hmm. The broader approach is key because you have to be able to rely on the expertise of your staff. If you can't yeah. rely on the expertise of your staff, maybe it's not a position that they should be in anyway, you know? Okay. Um, but if, with a with a broader with a broader list of tasks that you can hand off to somebody else, that is really the most efficient way to scale an agency. So, for example, yeah. if you're an agency that just does um, only attorney sites, you can create something that is a little more specific to yeah. that particular type of client. But if you're an agency that deals with sites that are more of a, that have, maybe you have three or four different types of clients. Then you can create the SEO audit template in such a way that has a section that is, that has attributes that are specific to each type of site. And if that doesn't apply to the site that you're currently working on, then the SEO auditor can just go ahead and take that out of the equation of what they're considering for right. that audit. I really like what I mean, what you just said is you need to rely on the intelligence and good judgment of the people you're working with. And if if you're simply handing off tasks, then there isn't very much point. And that comes back to what Mad Singers was saying last year is one thing that a lot of us end up trying to do is creating duplicates of ourselves. And by doing so, it's actually, although you can scale because it's processed, you don't create duplicates of yourselves. And because of the SEO process is always very specific to a specific client, you're going to run into trouble. And you need to have staff in whom you have confidence in terms of their good judgments and their um, yep. intelligence. Exactly. Exactly. And it's really it's really not enough to, to, to really like, like, I know that really as a business owner, some business owners want to have um, uh, similar copies of themselves, but mm -hmm. you have to have different, everybody has different strengths and weaknesses, and those mm -hmm. should be taken into account. And really where like, if you have somebody that ha is stronger in real estate sites than e-commerce, you may want to just strictly put them on e-commerce sites. Well, I'm sorry, uh, real estate sites as opposed to e-commerce. Mm -hmm. And well, that, yeah, kind of thing, that kind of thing has to be taken into account too. Yeah, I mean, so I, as a as an agency boss, you need to be intelligent about using the skills and intelligence yeah. of your staff. I mean, I with my uh, company in Mauritius and now with CaddyCube, what I'm trying to do is look at the person and say, what what are you? Where are your strengths? How can we fit a job in order to play to your strengths as best we can, while yeah. still obviously serving the client? Exactly. Brilliant, wonderful. So we, we agree, which is lovely. And then you were yes. talking about making your reports stand out. Now, one thing I know about reports is I've seen a lot of them because you get clients and they and they say, oh, we got this report from the last SEO and they pull it out of their drawer and they've never looked at it. They've never done anything about it. Uh, and one of the reasons that the sort of two things I'm asking is one, how do you make it stand out from the crowd? And two, how do you get them to actually do this stuff? And I would imagine part of it is <laughs> making it stand out from the crowd because a boring flat report doesn't get anybody excited and get them working on the stuff. Right. One of the, yeah. One of the things that's really common among many agencies is that you get a laundry list of items in an yeah. SEO audit report without any context. Right. And yeah. they don't expand on the context in 
where, for example, if you have a situation where you have link anchor text that is out of alignment with the targeted internal link anchor text of the overall site, then mm -hmm. just saying improve link anchor text is not going to do anything. What you have to do is you want to say something to the effect of that is uh, relevant to that specific site. So improve link anchor text from this to this while doing this will be something that is much better than just saying improve link anchor text. Right, yeah, and, and that is the thing, is, is context, as you say, and we forget about context. And uh, there, are, there are a couple of problems, one of which is an SEO, we think everybody understands improve anchor text. Your client yeah. might not even know what anchor text is, let alone how to improve it. Uh, and the other is, when we're looking at something in so much detail, we forget that the person reading it hasn't actually looked at all this stuff. So we have to that explain everything. And that that is true, and that you have to kind of uh, generally take a step back sometimes and realize, hey, maybe this person had no idea what I'm talking about. Maybe I need to explain each item individually in the context of how we arrived at that, as opposed to saying just improve this, then this, then this. Because that's mm -hmm. kind of the lazy way out. And also the other thing, design, colors, all that yeah. of the template and all that kind of thing is really something that should be um, really looked at professionally if you really want to win over clients and really provide your 100% absolute best presentation possible. Yeah, that's a really, really good point. Would you advise somebody to get a graphic designer in? Yes. If, they're not, if their uh, capabilities are not graphic design rather than a wall of text, work on strategically separating the text with graphics that support exactly what you're trying to do and things like that. Rather than just a wall of text, most people are not going to read a 200-page report, but they will read bulleted lists of items that, yeah. that, that they do need to actually improve the actual website. And it's much easier and efficient for them to go through. Right, yeah, and we're looking for action points. I mean, you, 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 if you say to somebody, improve this or make the anchor text better, or in, in our case with CaddyQ Pro, I, I actually just got a report and it said address is wrong. And my comment on that was you actually have to tell them what to do. You have to say yeah. address is wrong, go in and correct it. And they're going, but that's obvious. And you're going, it's obvious to you, but it's not obvious to them because they haven't looked at the page. Yes, exactly. And another perfect example, I include schema on the page. Okay, what are they going to say? What <laughs> schema? What schema? Provide the actual example of the actual code within the audit and say, hey, copy and paste this into your schema section of that tool and just make sure that it rendered and validates properly and here's how to validate it. Right. So, I mean, in this SEO audit, would you give them the schema markup they needed or would you say, well, this is an extra service? You need schema markup. This is basically what you need. Here's the schema type you want to put onto this page, but that's an extra service. It depends on the. It depends on how bad the issue is. Like, if we're talking a couple it depends. of pages, I'll give them the actual schema code as part of the audit. That's a given. So um, if it were like, for example, if they don't have any person schema on the about page, or they don't have any of the specific schema for their specific industry pages, for example. I might uh, create the code and uh, validate it, make sure it validates, make sure they know exactly where it needs to go, and that's it. But if it's hundreds of pages, 
that is when we're talking about probably where that would get into an additional service type thing. Right. And uh, well, uh, another question as well is I'm, I'm thinking to Kelly Cube Pro, so I'm kind of picking your brains for, to figure out oh, how I need to absolutely. go about this. Um, absolutely. I explain to people, I give them the interface and I explain to them what they need to do and then they mess it all up. And I actually need to go in and check everything. Do you do that with your SEO audits? Do you do you go in and say, right, and after we've done it and you've implemented, you go, that's done, and I come in and check it? I think that as so long as the client knows up front that specific checking and things like that could be an additional service, there shouldn't right. be an issue with that. But I kind of think that where some agencies run into the pro a problem would be where if somehow nothing like that is mentioned and the client assumes that you're just going to do everything as part of the audit, you don't talk about implementation, you don't talk yeah. about checking, you don't talk about additional hours that may be required for fixing mistakes that they make. So it's really important to communicate upfront exactly what's going to be included as part of the audit. Usually that's done in the proposal phase. So you're talking right. to the client initially when you have a proposal, right? So you create the proposal, then the, and in the proposal, you would list only specific uh, only specific changes that are being made as part of initial checks will be included here. But if you want additional changes that are going to be taking hours upon hours upon hours later, then maybe you're going to want to include a line that says this kind of thing is offered as an additional service and depends on the specific client. And we can talk about that when we get to that point. So it's uh, really a situation where you kind of have to feel out from client to client, but you still want to mention that in the proposal template the proposal that you use anyway. Right, yeah, it looks to me very much like I should have talked to you several years ago and done better proposals before I actually started doing the work. Um, but that's a really, really, really good summary of kind of how to prepare to get to that audit stage, get the audit done, make sure the client understands it, make sure it's incredibly well presented so that they're encouraged to implement it. And exactly. as you said, make sure it's 100% clear what you are doing and what you aren't doing. Yeah, and, and the client is not going to know everything you know. And I think sometimes that's also oh, right, a mistake yeah. that agencies make is that they don't, it's hard to understand exactly, unless you're in the industry on a day-to-day -day basis, For especially if you're an agency that deals with multiple different industry clients, you want to make sure that, uh, because some clients are going to be more well-versed in SEO, other right. clients are not. And usually that happens in the discovery phase. You find out exactly what they've been able to do, how they've been able to do it in the past, and if what and what if any the current level of SEO education actually is. So if the client is well versed in um, SEO, maybe you might want to, but you still want to keep some of that communication in there because some clients are not well versed in SEO contacts. Right. Yeah, no, and, and explaining but not over-explaining is incredibly important. And yep. that's what I would call smart intelligence of somebody like yourself is to say this client needs to know this but doesn't need to know that because it will just confuse them and create uh, right. problems further down the line. They're, they're going to exactly. get lost. Brilliant. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Brian. That was absolutely delightful. Uh, thank you, everyone, for watching. Uh, we're going to now introduce next week, which is going to be Andrew Holler talking about the the value of SEO. Uh, he's a really lovely chap. I've had a quick chat with him and he knows so much. He's so smart and he's so lovely and it's going to be absolutely delightful. Could you pass the baton, please, Brian? Absolutely. Andrew, you are, I've, um, 
Uh, I've seen you on Twitter, Facebook. You're fantastic, and I know you'll do. You'll uh, and really communicating the value of SEO is such an important part of the SEO process, and you'll do awesome. So here's me passing the baton onto you. That was absolutely brilliant. I love I love the the formal ending to that. Thank you so much, Brian. You get the outro song. <laughs> Thank you, Jason. Thank you. Good. Bye to end the show. Thank you, Brian, and thank you, Anton. Thank well, you, everyone, thank for watching. You, Jason. Oh. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Love it. I love it when the, the guests sing back. I never expect it. <laughs> uh, Thanks well, a lot, I'm not actually singing. I'm kind of just doing my out-of-tune kind of thing, but whatever.